Up next, a message from Victory Life Church of Milton. There was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garment, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Guys, we don't have to leave here discouraged this morning. You know, I, man, I know some people are going through some really, really, really tough stuff, man. And my heart goes out to you. But what, what I can give you this morning is I can point you in that right direction. I can point you to where you can leave encouraged this morning. And that's a true statement. You can leave here encouraged. Even though the situation you might be going through right now, you know, it might, those, that situation might not change by the moment you walk out of this door. But I promise you, if you lean on the Most High God, this is a true statement. You can have peace right in the middle of your storm, even if it looks hopeless, even if it looks like you're the only person that has ever went through something like this. I'm just being honest this morning. I love all you guys. I know some of you guys are really, 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 really hurting. Mark 5.25, And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. Let's go ahead and pray before I go any further. Father God, thank you so much for your anointing this morning. Thank you, Father God. It's your anointing that is going to break the chains. It's your anointing. That's where the power is, Lord. Without that, I'm nothing. Father God, I need you. We all need you, Lord. We love you and praise you. Your will be done. Let us leave here, let us leave here excited and optimistic and encouraged, Lord, because we have grabbed a hold fast to your truths, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years. So look, there's this lady that had a real problem, a serious problem for 12 years. Every day, nothing was changing. Listen up, man. Every single day, nothing was changing in her, her world. She had to do all the things she had to do, but she was in this pain. She was in this torment. She was in this trial. Now think about that. 12 years is an awful long time, man. You know, and it says here that she went to the doctor. She did everything that the world could give her. She tried it all. Matter of fact, she spent all her money, every single dime she had. She was broke because she did everything that the world could do. And guess what? At the end of the day, the world couldn't do nothing. Okay? And there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians. Can I get an amen about that one? And who had suffered much under many physicians. She kept doing everything she could do in her own power. She kept stepping out. Maybe this doctor can help. Maybe this remedy can help. Maybe this person can help me out. You know, she did everything she could do. But at the end of the day, there was no change. One day led to another day, led to another day, to where 12 years had passed. And she was in this tormented situation. And she, what this means, um, not only was there probably a lot of physical pain and a lot of weakness and different things like that, 
but she would have been considered ceremonially unclean. Okay, so she couldn't go anywhere without telling people, hey, I'm unclean. She couldn't go into the temple and worship where women were allowed to worship because she was ceremonially unclean. So her life was very difficult in all kinds of areas. And I know, I know that sometimes it's hard for us to focus on any other thing in our life when we're hurting really bad in our hearts, man. And we think, well, people don't get it. And sometimes people don't. Sometimes people don't get it because they're dealing with whatever they're dealing with, you know, and they're, they got their own pain, you know. But this is a true statement, okay? I'm not up here to, to lie or, or make anybody feel better falsely. I'm not going to waste my time or your time about that. But this is a true statement. No matter what you're going through, the Most High God cares, okay? The Most High God cares. And that means something, okay? I'm not talking about some invisible somebody that your grandma told you about that you, you don't even quite understand. I'm talking about the creator of the universe, okay? I'm talking about the sovereign God who handpicked you to live on this earth, who knew you were going to go through this situation right here at this time. And he says, hey, I want you to know that I'm, re I'm real, okay? I'm real. Don't deny that fact. I'm real, okay? And I am your only hope. Hey, sometimes that's just how it is. Sometimes that's, that's exactly how it is. Your only hope is the Most High God. But guess what? He is more than able, okay? And we can try every single thing that this world has to offer. And raise your hands if you went around and did it, because I, I did it, and I, I'll still get sidetracked and think, well, you know what? If I do this, if I get this then everything will be peachy. Everything will be perfect. You know? Well, man, these, these things that we acquire and accumulate and we chase after, they're not going to fulfill us. And let me make this disclaimer. I'm not saying don't work hard. I'm not saying don't, don't save money. I'm not saying don't buy the big house. I'm, I'm just saying those things are not going to bring you fulfillment. Okay? Those are nice things. Okay? And sometimes we don't have those things because God's like, yeah, it's not time for that. It's not time for you to have these things because I'm not going to give you something that is going to hurt your relationship with me. Does that make sense? Sometimes we're just simply not ready for that. And sometimes we just want it to be given to us. We don't want to go work hard for it. Man, don't get, don't get mad at somebody else because they got something different or better than you. Man, they probably worked really, really hard for it. You know what I mean? You want it? Go work for it. Can I get a witness? Seriously, sometimes it's just not the right time. Sometimes God is like, yes, but not now. You ever had to tell that to one of your kids? Yes, but not right now. Why not, Daddy? Because you ain't, you're not ready for it. Anyways, tell the truth. Shame the devil. Moving forward. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had she was broke, man. Whatever money she had, whatever she accumulated, it was gone, man. And she gave it all to the doctor. She gave it all to the world. She did everything she could do, but she was not any better. And was no better, but rather grew worse. Okay. Not only was she not any better, but she was getting worse. All God's people said she was getting worse. Yeah, she was getting worse. Now check this out. Look at Romans 12 and verse 12. This is right here. This is an amazing verse. They're all amazing. Okay? But let's read this and let it sink in, okay? 
Romans 12 and verse 12. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Now look at the second part of that verse. Be patient in tribulation. That's hard for us to do. In our world of instant gratification, in in our world where, man, we're Americans, man, and we want it, man. We work hard. We want it. We work hard. We want things our way. You know what I mean? Well, God says, okay, looky here. He doesn't care if you're born in Bruton or Milton or the Hilton. Check it out. <laughs> yeah. Woot, there it is. Okay. Romans 12, verse 12. Be patient in tribulation. I don't like being patient. Sometimes I'm like super, super patient. But sometimes, man, I feel like I'm going to bite my fingers off, man. I just cannot be patient. But see, God says, you need to be patient. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to be patient, man. You need to be patient. This is what God is telling us. Be patient. How can I be patient? Listen, Christian people, how can we be patient? We have to trust in God's promises. We have to tr- when the world can't do it, when everything you've tried to do, when everything you think, well, if I just get this, it will appease my weary and hungry soul. Well, first of all, no, it won't. No, it won't. Maybe for a second, but you're going to need a better shiny one real soon. You know, see, we hold on to God's promises. And that's why he gives us this whole book. And it is so stinking hard sometimes because we want it. We think we deserve it. Okay, we're all sinners, man, and we deserve God's judgment. Okay, but guess what? At the end of the day, we'll never know what that feels like because Jesus Christ paid for our sins. Okay, so right now you got a big check mark. Everything's going your way. Everything's going your way. No matter if you got a a horsey in the barn or hay in the barn or you ain't got none of it, you are a blessed person. You see what I'm saying? You're a blessed person because Jesus Christ died for your sins and you'll never know what hell feels like. So, having said that, and having that in our hearts, we can say, rejoice in hope. And that's biblical hope. That's not, well, I hope, I hope my kid's birthday cake tastes good. You know, cause sometimes you don't, sometimes that topping is just horrible. But, you know, it's not like, well, I hope, I hope, uh, I can find that perfect pair of shoes, or, or I hope something, something. It's not talking about that. It's talking about an assurance, a knowing. Okay? So I can rejoice in the fact that my God loves me, okay? I can rejoice even when things ain't going my way, even when it's been 12 years, 38 years, and I feel like it's getting worse, even when the doctor says this, even when my child says this, even when, I mean, fill in the blank, man. Whatever's going on. People you love walk out on you. People you love hurt you. Things like that. God's on his throne. He knew this was going to happen. And he says, baby, I love you. Hold on to these promises, Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. How can I be patient? Because I'm holding on to God's promises. You know, we hold on to things or Satan will bring something up, man. You know, and if we don't let it go, if we don't give it to God, it's going to be a mess. It's going to be a big mess. Bitterness, hatred, it's waiting right around the corner. Sin's crouching at the door, you know, waiting for us to give in to that nonsense. And we, gotta, we just got to give it to God. Romans 12 and verse 12 Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Now listen to this. Be constant in prayer. Hold the phone, man. There's a little secret. There's a little hidden manna right there. And it's not even hidden. We just don't really ever do it sometimes. You know, God says, 
If you want to be patient in the trial, if you want to be patient in the hard time, if you want to have hope and peace and joy, give your burden to me through prayer. Okay, give it to the Lord. All right, and that's an earnest, serious thing. Give it to God. And man, I'm telling you, sometimes, sometimes when you're going through a situation like what Brother David just said, you know, we've all been there, or you're going through something that where God is, where, where, where Satan is just trying to steal your joy, and you're overloaded with all these things that are coming against you. Sometimes, man, you have to cry out to the Lord, not on a daily basis, but sometimes minute by minute, sometimes. But, but what is the alternative? To crying out to God minute by minute. What's the alternative? You're going to be focusing on that rubbish for all that time. You're going to be focusing on whatever's stealing your joy nonstop. You're trying to work. You're trying to do whatever. But you're, you can't do it because you're thinking about whatever, whatever's eating you up. Well, instead of holding all that weight, you know, just keep giving it to God. Keep giving it to God over and over again. And God will give you peace. Amen. Can I get a witness? Okay. Galatians 6 and verse 9. And let us not grow weary of doing good. Because see, that, that is definitely a tendency that I have. That is definitely something that I have witnessed in my own life. That when I'm struggling with something for 12 years. I'm struggling with something for 10 years. I'm struggling with something where I just feel like this is a hopeless, hopeless thing. And if I'm not careful, I can be, well, you know what, God? I don't, th- I don't think you really understand what I'm going through. Or I really, 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 really don't think that you're concerned about what I'm going through. Therefore, I'm just going to let my hair down. I'm just going to let my guard down. And I'm not going to worry about being that Christian person that I'm supposed to be. And, and man, I'm here to tell you, that leads to nowhere good. That leads to nowhere good because we're like, God, you're not doing your part. Well, first of all, what is God's part, man? To save your soul, to give you strength. He, war- he warns you over and over again. This life is going to be a tough one. This life is going to be a tough one. And you're not always going to have everything your way. Okay? But he says, you know what? I'll give you strength. I'll give you provision. And it's going to get good. And you will get your socks blessed off sometimes. Because sometimes it's no for no right now. Because you're not ready. Or it's just not the right time. Okay, but we can't let our guard down and say, well, you know what, I'm just going to start doing this because I've done it. I've done it and it leads to nowhere good. Because what we do is we'll start tiptoeing in the, in the shallow end of the pool again. You know, I'm going to do this. I'm just going to do this a little bit. And before you know it, you ever walk to the, you're in the shallow end and then you slip and you're like, <laughs> you, because there's that ledge and you're like, well, I'm in the deep end. I'm in the deep end. I did it at Terry Merrill's house once. He didn't know it. He was asleep. I just snuck over there. That's a fabrication, but I have, it doesn't matter. I have slipped in the pool. But I'm saying, man, we mess around with stuff that we already know better. We already know better, but we're like, man, this ain't working, so I'm going to go. It's a trap. All God's people said, it's a trap. It is. So, Galatians 6 and verse 9, and let us not grow weary of doing good. Don't give up on doing the right thing because God knows what you're doing. God, God sees you. God sees you being persistent. God, God sees his son. God sees his daughter saying, he's hurting. She's hurting so bad. He's hurting so bad. But she's not giving up on me. She's, she's out there witnessing to other people. He's out there sowing into other people's life even though his heart is crushed. You hear what I'm saying? 
And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season, in due season, what does that mean? In due season. When the time is right. Did you hear what I just said? In due season, when the time is right, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. And that's our problem sometimes, man. We're like, well, things ain't going my way. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm cashing in. I'm getting out, you know. Sometimes we miss that blessing, man. And we're so close. You hear what I'm saying this morning? We're so close to that breakthrough. We're so close. Because look, this, this lady's been hurting for 12 years, man. Okay, she's had to deal with this day in and day out for 12 stinking years. But guess what? That's all about to change. And it's going to change. That suddenly is going to be a suddenly, suddenly. That's some deep stuff, man. <laughs> it's going to happen fast. What I'm trying to say, man, is your world can be completely upside down. But in that fullness of time, in that right time, okay, everything can change. All right? And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. But let's be honest. Sometimes we just give up. And there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses. Sometimes we trust in the complete wrong things, expecting them to fill this gap or this hole or this need, and it's not going to fulfill. Okay, careers, relationships... Money, power, whatever, whatever the thing is, man, you know, that you think you got to have, okay? Those things can happen. But you know what? God is making it very clear. But sometimes we just don't want to hear it. But God tells us over and over again in Scripture, it's not that these things that we're chasing after, that they're inherently bad. Sometimes they are bad, you know? But some, sometimes we're chasing after something and God's, God makes it clear, that's not going to satisfy you. That's not going to fill the hole that you got, okay? He tells us. But see, in our flesh, because I'm the same way, man. I'm the same way. I'm like, well, this will make me feel better. This will make me feel This will make me feel better. You know, do you get it? And you're like, mm. whatever it is, it's not going to satisfy it's a temporal earthly fix. Amen? Amen? She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind Him in the crowd and touched His garment. Look, this lady, listen, this lady... Sounds like I'm mad. I'm not mad. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just kind of geared to say, listen. Anyways, man, this lady had to step out of her comfort zone, sick and weak and ceremonially unclean, People probably not wanting to be anywhere around her. She had to get in this huge crowd of people. Jesus is doing the ministry thing. Jesus and his disciples are on his way to this guy named Jairus' house because Jairus' little girl is about to die. So Jesus is going with this Jairus guy to his house to pray for his daughter. And all these people are crowding around Jesus like always. And this lady says, I just got to get to him he is my only hope my only hope guys beloved that's where we got to be that's where we got to be where we come to the place and realize that ain't nothing going to fix this hurting 
Nothing is going to fix this pain, this torment in my mind. Nothing is going to fix it until I run into his arms. That's where we're going to find peace for the journey. Amen. Can I get a witness? He had heard. She had heard. Look at Psalm 62. For God alone. Just go ahead and underline that on your bulletin. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. Oh, there's something to be said about that, waiting in silence, right? Because the children of Israel got in a whole lot of trouble for their grumbling and complaining. And I am a real good. Rachel Jean will tell you when she talks bad about me. She'll tell you, I am really, really, really good at grumbling. I'm really, really good about complaining. And so think about how much God appreciates our grumbling and complaining. You know what I mean? Just about as much as you love when your kids are so thankless for anything you do for them. Matter of fact, they might even say something smart and rude. You're like, hold on a second here. What about the, uh, this wonderful roof over your head? That was a free... You know what I'm saying? God doesn't particularly enjoy or appreciate your grumbling or complaining. He does say, give me your burdens. Give them to me. And He can handle your big questions. And He can handle everything. Okay? But look, there's something to be said right here. For God alone, my soul waits. Hey, David done figured something out here in the psalm. You know, I tried to be a good little boy. I tried to, you know, serve King Saul. And here comes King Saul trying to kill me and all this. And I ain't done nothing wrong, man. And I'm hiding out in a cave here. Okay. But you know what? My peace, my joy, my everything comes from God alone. Okay? For God alone my soul waits in silence. From Him comes my salvation. Not just the salvation of your soul. And if that's all we had to talk about, there's nothing better than that right there. You know what I mean? But I'm talking about that salvation being ripped out of that miry clay, being pulled out of that situation that has stolen your joy for 12 years or the last 10 minutes. Whatever's going on, that's where you're going to find peace. From Him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock. He alone is my rock and my salvation. My fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. How would you like to know that? Going into work tomorrow, going into that family reunion, going into whatever situation you're dreading, okay? And you're like, I will not be greatly shaken. I'm not going to let this get to me. I'm, this appointment, this whatever, whatever's going on in my world, it's not going to shake me up. Why? Because my foundation is on the Most High God. My foundation is on the rock. I know that my peace, my everything is connected to Him. Nothing else is going to give that to me. Can I get a witness? Luke 4 and verse 8. i got to say this again, man, because I know how we are. I know how we're wired. Because I'm wired just like you guys. I know about the flesh all too well. Okay, so look at Luke 4 in verse 8. And this is when Satan is tempting Jesus Christ. This is when Satan is trying to tempt Jesus Christ. And Satan says, hey, Jesus, look at all this stuff. I have the authority to give you all this stuff. And he's not showing him anything trivial. He's not showing him his his jukebox collection of seven inch records he's showing because that might be the thing that you think you got to get for your piece right okay 
He's showing him the kingdoms of the world. He's showing him all this stuff. And he's like, hey, this is everything the world has to offer right here. And I got access to it. All you got to do is serve me, Jesus. All you got to do is serve me, Jesus, and it's all yours. And see, our flesh kind of gets excited, man. We're thinking, you know, obviously Jesus doesn't give in to it. But Jesus quotes the word of God. He quotes the word of God. Anything Jesus would have said at that moment would have become scripture. It would have been the word of God. But Jesus goes back to the Old Testament and grabs a word and says, looky here, this is what the word of God says. And this is what I'm standing on. Because I know these things won't pacify. These things, they're not going to fill me. Okay, I've got a mission. I belong to God. I've got to do what God's called me to do. I'm giving my all to him. That's where my joy is going to come from. Luke 4 and verse 8. Listen up, beloved. And Jesus answered him, it is written. That's what we need to tell our flesh. That's what we need to tell Satan. That's what we need to tell these thoughts that are warring against us. It is written. It is written. This is what God says about me. This is what God says about me. This is what God's word says. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I am the apple of his high. I am his, I am his masterpiece. Amen. And Jesus answered him, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Well, see, that's, that's one of the things that we don't, we don't do. I mean, we'll do it, but then we won't do it. But see, that's where the peace and joy is going to come from. Being that person where I realize everything this world has to offer me, from relationships to robots, whatever, it's not going to fill that hole. You know, It won't do it for 12 years now. But if I can just get to Jesus. Okay, guys, we have access right now to Jesus. And listen to me. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then that's where it all starts. That's where it all starts, and you need to do that today. You better come and talk to me, okay, after the church service. If you haven't done it, say, I, I can't do this on my own. I, I, I'm chasing after all these things, and I'm crushed, and I'm hurt. You better come to me and ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior because that's step number one and that's where things are going to begin to change. And that immediately will change your eternal destination. Can I get a witness? And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and Him only shall you serve. I said that sternly because I need to hear that just like everybody else because there's idols aplenty all around that are shiny and glistening. If I just get that, my day will be better. If I just get that brand new sweater, I'll be looking like Eddie Vedder. Okay. Mark 5 and verse 29. And immediately, okay, here's the lady. Here's our story. She digs through this crowd in pain and agony and torment. Nobody wants to be around her, but the crowd ain't doing nothing but getting closer to Jesus. She's probably the weakest one there. And everybody's there for the show, man. Everybody's there for the bennies. Everybody's there for the popcorn and the excitement. But here's this person saying, I need him. I need him. He is the only thing that can give me fulfillment. He's the only thing that can take this burden from me. Okay, because she done tried everything else. And she's like, this will do it. I know this will do it. She works her way through that crowd and she grabs the, a hold of Jesus' garment. And something immediately happened. 
So we're looking over here on this side. 12 years of agony and torment and wanting to give up and trying every single thing possible and not getting better, but actually getting worse. And then hearing that little bit of good news or hearing that gospel, hearing that message, hearing this message, despite the mouthpiece, no matter, this is the truth right here. Your, your only way you will ever have true joy and peace in this world is through Jesus Christ. That's the only way. You can try it all like this lady. And she wasn't necessarily doing anything bad. She was just saying, I'm hurting, man. And some of us are just hurting. You know, we're just hurting. We're just crushed, man. Yeah, we've done some bad things. Yeah, we've tried to do some good things. Okay? But see, the bottom line is, is sometimes, man, we just hurt. You know, and hurt people hurt other people. Hurt people do stupid, selfish stuff sometimes. You know? Can I get a witness? But see, here's the deal, man. That 12 years is going to fall like water. Those 12 years are, boom, gone. Gone, man. She runs into the arms of Jesus. And immediately, I like that word, and immediately the flow of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. See, we can leave here with that feeling. We can we can leave, leave here thinking, God, I, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I, I don't know where this journey I'm on is going to take me. But I do know this, that you're in control and you love me and you want what is best for me. And that is a hard pill to swallow sometimes. Do you really want what's best for me? Oh, you better believe he wants what's best for you. Look at how he's been there for you. Look what he did for you. If he didn't spare his own, listen, if he did not spare his own son so we could have eternal life and wrapped up in that sacrifice is peace and healing and all these things. If he didn't spare his own son, okay, for you, for us, don't think for a second that he doesn't love you. He loves you so much he died for you. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. John 6 and verse 68. Simon Peter answered him. This is a different story altogether. Right here, what we got going on is Jesus was given the word, man. He was giving the real deal message. And remember, man, Jesus Jesus did this really peculiar thing as a minister to where he would work on thinning out the crowd, man. You know, he'd be like, I'm glad you guys are here, but let me tell you, this ain't no easy road. Jesus never, ever, ever, ever misleads anybody. He says, you go down this road, it ain't no easy road, Joe. This ain't the easy road. But this is the road that leads to eternal life. This is the road that leads to peace and salvation. Can I get a witness? So a lot of people are splitting, man. Jesus is thinning out the crowd, man, and tons of folks go. They're like, ah, this is, this is some heavy stuff, man. I just wanted to see some fish and loaves, man. I wanted to see a crippled guy or two get up and jump around. I didn't know this thing could actually t- cost me my life, too. You know what I mean? Whew, I don't know about that. So Jesus turns to the twelve. He turns to his core group. He's like, what about you guys? You know, what are you guys going to do? And Pete, Pete stands up. Simon Peter answered him. This is John 6, 68. 
Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Listen to what I just said. Listen. Where are you going to go? Where am I going to go? I've done, done the world thing. I've done did the fishing thing. I've done, I done, I done did everything else. And now that I've been with you, I know that's all hollow. I know that there's nothing to that. You know, and those things aren't bad things. Just God has to be in that place in our life. If you want to have peace, if you want to have joy, if you want to be able to take that other step, if you want to be able to push through that crowd when you're hurting so bad, you got to have Jesus. you got to lean on Him, okay? That's what Pete's saying. He's like, where are we going to go? We already know it's all about you. There's nothing else out there but you. James 1 and verse 12, we're wrapping things up. All God's people said, thank you, Jesus. You got to admit, never mind, never mind. In James 1 and verse 12, and you guys have been so good, and I love y'all very much. James 1 and verse 12, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. Blessed is the man who stays steadfast under the trial. I'm in this mess. Can I stand on the word of God? Because I'm in this mess whether I like it or not. I'm here. Maybe I'm dealing with my own consequences from my actions. Maybe just some bad junk fell in my lap. Maybe I'm just feeling the effects of living in a fallen world. But I've got to get from point A to point Z. Okay? But see, check this out. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. I'm not giving up. I'm praying. I'm trusting in God. I have that joy of knowing my God is faithful. Okay? Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Okay, well, now you're talking about that pie in the sky and the sweet by and by stuff. Yeah, I, I am. I am because we're Christians, and that's our blessed assurance that one day we will get that crown of life. One day there'll be no more weeping or sorrow or pain or death and all that stuff. That's good, and we all look forward to that. But see, God has made a lot of promises. And that is a doozy of a promise. But look, for when he has stood the test of time, he will receive the crown of life. That's awesome. That's wonderful. Which God has promised to those who loved him. This is what I want to ask you. Do you love God? Do you love God? Because God has made promises to his kids. Not just about eternal life. It ain't going to get no better than that. But what I'm saying is, you're here right now. The pain in your heart is real right now. Right the hopelessness is real right now. Well, you don't have to leave here hopeless. You don't have to because there's a God in heaven who loves you with an undying love and he laid down his own life for you. That's how much he cares about you. Psalm 138 and verse 8. Somewhere, you know, David, I got to admit, somewhere it went from like the, the teaching the Bible thing to like preaching this morning. It's just... Kind of, I feel like I'm preaching a bit. I don't know. I don't know. Psalm 138 and verse 8, and we're going to close with this. Listen, guys. Listen up. This is good. Look at your neighbor and say, wake up. This is good. Psalm 138 and verse 8. The Lord. Hold on. Who, who's going to work this out? The Lord who you have a personal relationship with, who loves you. Think about that for a second. God was like, you know what? That little nerdy whale right there, I'm taking him. He's going to be mine. You know, he, he picked us out. And he didn't have to pick you out, you know? 
He didn't have to pick me out. Listen, man, I, I'm seriously, this is for somebody in here. I was the guy that was never really good at nothing. I was the guy that was the last one picked for everything. All right? I'm still not good at a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? I'm better at it than you. No, I'm playing. <laughs> no, I'm playing. I'm playing. But see, you know, and you can try, man. You can try and try and try and, and give it your best, and you just come in last or second or third, but you don't give up, man. You don't give up. Okay? Now, here's the deal. Here's the skinny. You were picked by God. He picked you out. Okay? That's a little different than being picked to be on the tag football team or something like that. Okay, this means something with eternal consequences. You're mine. You're coming with me. The Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. God's got a plan for me, and it's bigger than you ever could imagine. The Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. Your steadfast love. You ever felt like you just don't even really know what steadfast love feels like, man? You know, somebody was there, then they weren't there. Somebody was there and they said they were always going to be there. And then they weren't there. Deadfast love. That's love that ain't going nowhere. Just like how we're supposed to endure in those trials and stand fast in those trials, we can do that because we know about God's steadfast love. He's not walking out on you. He's not talking to Gabriel saying, we got him squirming now. All God's people said, we got him. The Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Don't leave me. Don't let, don't let me go. Don't worry, He's not going to let you go. He's not going to let you go. The question is, are you going to give up on Him? I think we've all went too far, don't you? We went too far now. So don't, don't, don't give up on Him. He's not going to give up on you. He's not going to let you go. But you might be heading for a lot of unsmooth selling when you decide, whatever, I'm done. Game over, man. It's not going to work out good for you. I know. I've, I've done, done it way too many times. I'm telling you. We trust in Him. Can I get a witness? And His steadfast love ain't going anywhere. Because he does chastise, chasten, corrects the ones he loves. And he loves you. He loves you so much. He's like, you do that. It's not going to be what you think. And I love you. Thanks for listening to this message from Victory Life Church. Go to VictoryLifeChurchOfMilton.com for more. And may God bless you.